Welcome to That's Podcasting, a movie musical podcast. I'm Cody Pasby. And I'm Paul Ponte. And we continue our celebration of the holiday season. The reason for the season, it is holiday musicals. Uh, Of course, Christmas movies and musicals, in our case, obviously gets the uh get all the attention but uh this is the it it is hanukkah now happy hanukkah to everyone who is celebrating uh the festival of lights is upon us and i thought it would be appropriate to honor that holiday uh with a hanukkah movie unfortunately there's not that many hanukkah movies and Mm -hmm. um in fact paul there's really only one <laughs> from everything I could find. There is really only one where like the central plot point, and that mm-hmm. is even being generous, is the holiday of Hanukkah. And um, yeah, it's uh, look, I'm, I'm going to keep beating around the bush here. When we started this podcast, I think it was a, a way for me and you to um not only, you know, rekindle this uh, podcasting uh, fire that we have had through the years, uh, but also to educate ourselves of uh, some of the legends of the movie industry and specifically movie musicals, the likes of, of Gene Kelly and Judy Garland and yes. uh, Titans, these beautiful films, some of the most iconic movies of all time. So I say that because it's all led us uh, to this eight crazy nights. 2002's Adam Oof. Sandler animated Hanukkah musical. Wow. Uh, yeah, loosely on the plot is right because I want to say they mention Christmas at least half as many times as the amount of times they mention Hanukkah. Right. right. Uh, it's just that our main character happens to celebrate Hanukkah and not Christmas. Cody. When we did uh, our movie podcast, uh, The Screen Watchers Guild, mm-hmm. uh, there were plenty of times. Where we needed to put out an episode every week. So we went to the theater and we watched something that was in theaters every single week. We watched a lot of bad movies. Yeah, we watched a lot of bad movies. We haven't done the podcast in a while. Um, Watching this, because I had never seen this before, it made me realize how long it had been until I watched a truly bad movie. (laughs) Are you saying you don't voluntarily watch bad movies? I mean, I've, I mean, I'm not talking about like tongue in cheek, like oh, this, this is a bad movie, but I love watching it anyway. I'm not right. talking about that. Mm-hmm. I'm talking about movies where not this movie's okay or they could have done this better. I mean, truly a bad movie. Well, a movie that has yeah. so infinitesimal an amount of redeeming quality. That I truly feel like, and it gets thrown around, I want two hours of my life back. I want an hour and a half of my life back. Cody, this is the first time I think I've thought that in a while (laughs) without hyperbole. Uh, Holy crap, this movie's bad. Uh, This is a terrible movie. This is not a funny movie. Um, It might be the the first truly bad movie we've watched on this podcast. And it's not like there is a fair share of bad musicals, but I even feel like a bad musical almost inherently is always fun you know yeah like and i feel like even in the worst movies we saw we we saw what they were going for whereas this movie i feel like this is exactly what he was going for and And he being adam sandler and it's bad and 
and it's bad and it's because that is this that is what he wanted it he wanted it to be this way he 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 cho- he made decisions i for all intents and purposes he had final cut and all this this is his baby Oh, 100%. By the way, uh, Paul is saying all this stuff about how bad it is and awful it is, and I'm just like looking at him with a shit-eating grin. Like, you bet. This is bad, huh? This is really bad. Uh, it's a shame that there are not better representations of the Hanukkah holiday uh, in terms of films. Uh, I think uh, in American Tale, the uh, Steven Spielberg, Don Bluth animated feature from the late 80s is a technically a Hanukkah movie. Uh, also has some songs. We could have talked about that, but I uh, decided we'd go with one that was more obviously uh, Hanukkah and Christmas and all that. Um, so I apologize. But And okay. I know... And I know everyone, you know, the Happy Madison Productions is notorious for making some terrible, 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 sure. terrible movies. Uh, but at least we know that they're, they're, they can possibly make something good. That's, see, this is, okay, so not to go full on in defense, but we're going to talk a lot of shit about this movie. Uh, oh, yeah. about, uh, and about clearly the, um, to put it lightly, some of the more puzzling and questionable choices Adam Sandler has made throughout his career. But let's go back to when this was made. And and frankly, I have had a bit of a... My stance on Adam Sandler, I think, has really softened over the last year or year plus, maybe two years. Adam Sandler Mm -hmm. is a dude who... Does probably what I would do in his situation. Yeah. At his current point in life. I would wear basketball shorts everywhere. I would pay for my friends to have Ferraris. And I would take vacations to lake houses and just film a movie and put it out and be like, eh, fuck right. it. See, That's see, what I would do. When we, because- were doing, when we were doing the Screen Watchers Good Paul, I think I gave Adam Sandler so much shit for me. Like, man, you did Grown Ups when you could have been doing Inglorious Bastards. You could have been the Bear Jew. But you know what? Now, as a 30-year-old with more, with, you know, uh, a, a little more uh, insight of how the world works, Go ahead and go move, make a movie with your friends at a nice lake house instead of making Quentin Tarantino's movie in the middle of cold ass Eastern Europe. Like, fine, whatever. You're not gonna win an Oscar, but at least you but had by, more fun. But by the time this movie came out, Happy Madison Productions made Deuce Bigelow, which does not age well. But at the time, it was a hit. Pretty well, it was a well-respected comedy. It was a hit. Little Nicky, which was like you kind of saw was the downside of the, the Adam Sandler uh, uh, comedies, right? A classic. Anyway, uh, saw that opening night, I, Paul. No, don't understand. I I'm not saying I thought it was bad at the time. I probably would think it now watching it. But what I'm saying is that that was um that was the semi pro of his career, like Will Ferrell, to where we started going. Oh, the wheels are starting to come off. Yeah, there's a couple uh, of hits uh, along the way. This this train is losing steam. Right. Uh, and that's what we thought here. And then Joe Dirt, which is, you know, I'll say this, it's better than Eight Crazy Nights. <laughs> it's a lot better. Yeah. Paul, Joe Dirt looks like, uh, t- to reference a movie we were talking about, sort of reference a movie we were talking about before we started recording, makes it look like Citizen Kane in retro- in in, uh, in comparison to Eight Crazy Nights. But, yeah, I, I just, in the last couple of years, what it was, the, first it was that um, Netflix special that Adam Sandler did. Uh, which was sort of a concert of little songs. It's actually really funny. It's it's great. If you if you like yeah. if you if you 
liked Adam Sandler when you were younger with his albums and obviously Billy Madison, Happy Gilmore, then you're going to watch him and be like, oh, I remember why I liked this guy so much. He's you know fun, funny. Because he got really famous off of being on Saturday Night Live and putting out comedy records before he was in movies. Everyone loved his comedy records. The CDs, kids, that, that he put out. Yes. Um, you know why? Because those are nice, short-form little pieces of entertainment. So when he puts out a thing which is a bunch of little segments, I totally get why that's going to be funny. The problem is when he's in movies that he's responsible for. <laughs> because in other movies, he's great. Yeah, well, he's I a mean, good actor. D- look no further than Uncut Gems, a movie which I honestly, t- still to this day, think he should have won the Academy Award for. He was that yeah. good. It's an incredible yeah. performance by him. Um, and and I, there's a bunch of moments like that. I mean, what a year after this movie, Punch Drunk Love comes out. Yeah, which is 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 also him at his finest, and it's a fantastic film. But yeah, when he gets full control of everything he wants to do, um, yeah. It's not always the best result, basically. It is sort Cody, of like... did we watch Pixels? Uh, we may have not reviewed it, but I have since seen Pixels. Okay. Which, no, that's right, because you told me about it. We didn't end up reviewing it, but you no, told me about and it. And I told you about that. Sandler's not even the worst part of that. The worst yeah. part of that, and the most to this day, I stay the- up at night and, and dread it. That ups- The most upsetting thing I maybe have ever seen in a movie is that they... Allude to the fact that Josh Gad has sex with Qbert and has Qbert. That's right. Because this is what you told me about. Is something I don't ever need to know. And uh, I am uh, to my grave. I will hold a grudge against Gad and um, the the production company behind Pixels. I can't believe Christopher Columbus directed Pixels. Oh, I believe it. Again, Sandler says, I want to do this. Nobody's, no one's really saying no, especially at this time. So, yeah. like, to, All like right, to, let's... to understand, Paul, how this affront to God was created, <laughs> we do have to just remember how fucking big this guy was. He was huge. Um, he's still obviously really popular. Those Netflix movies he released, uh, Pixels, by the way, the last theatrical Happy Madison release, I believe. That was the final Happy Madison theatrical release, and then he signed that deal with Netflix super early on in the Netflix, like early oh, yeah, on five years ago. But because the ridiculous six came out right after, right. and that was the first one. Yeah. And that's every Happy Madison production since has been a Netflix production, um, and to mixed results. Uh, there's been a lot of bad ones. Uh, I should say, if we're the, the one Happy Madison production that we watched, uh, we were pleasantly surprised by was uh, i think it's the wrong missy that came out earlier this year lauren lapkus is in it of comedy bang bang fame and she's fucking hilarious it's really really funny she's well, lauren she, lapkus is great she so. is hysterical and she is the reason to watch the movie so you should watch it uh just for her but uh yeah he's on a roll back in the late 90s early 2000s of course after leaving snl he has a string of low budget and highly profitable movies that run the gamut uh, from comedy classics like the wedding singer and happy gilmore Uh, when's the last time you watched happy gilmore by the way paul uh it's been at least five years okay i would recommend watching it again i watched it uh, as we were watching by the way i would just want to throw out there yeah uh you mentioned the wrong missy uh david spade 56 Lauren Lapkus, 
35. Uh, so that out there. That's, yeah, that's a little weird. Anyway, although it should be mentioned in the movie, the Missy he was supposed to meet was much more age appropriate. Yes, but he doesn't end up with her, does no, he? he doesn't. He does not. Nonetheless. Okay. Nonetheless. Uh, anyway, I would recommend revisiting Happy Gilmore. We watched it beginning of quarantine, watching movies that just make us feel good, and I, I genuinely forgot how funny that movie was. It's it, it laughs a, a laugh a minute. They would say on the deep, on the VHS cover. If if he would have, you know, after, I think if after the Water Boy, he stopped making like comedies, I think people would have been like, like. Wow, he's like Robin Williams. Like he made all these great comedies, and he shifted over to dramatic acting. Yeah, Pfft, great genius. Yeah, genius. He's a genius. Like that's. <laughs> I think I honestly think people would have said I that. I don't think you're wrong. I actually don't <laughs> think you're wrong because again, you put him in anything dramatic, he's been good. He's been yeah. very good. He's a very good actor when he wants to be. Uh, also, I will not stand for Big Daddy Erasure, but uh, I digress. Uh, yeah, that, that's where that's where it fell off for me. But, yeah, you know, some people no, like it. That's fine. I like Big Daddy. I like Big Daddy. Uh, rare John Stewart uh, role, right? Their starring role. Uh, so yeah, it runs a gamut. Comedy classics, like I mentioned, uh, immature but heartfelt schmaltz like Big Daddy, and then of course uh, Little Nicky as well, uh, where we stick a pineapple up uh, Harvey Keitel sticks a pineapple up Hitler's ass. Uh, that happens earlier the same year that this movie comes out. A remake of the 1936 Gary Cooper film Mr. Deeds Goes to Town. The aptly named Mr. Deeds is a summer hit. It grosses $171.3 million at the box office. He's still on a roll. The guy can't be guy can't be stopped. Um, that one, if I recall, has a very good John Turturro uh, comedic performance in it. Very ridiculous. Um, so he's got a string of hits under his belt. His own production company to boot, which uh, is Happy Madison, formed in 1999. To borrow a phrase from a uh, favorite podcast of mine, the man basically has a blank check to do whatever he wants in Hollywood. So he uses that power uh, to inundate audiences with a healthy dose of Rob Schneider and to work on his first full-length animated feature, Eight Crazy Nights. Of course, you were talking about, Paul, how his comedy works in short bits uh short little two three minute songs if or shorter um that have a funny little thing in it and it's it's immature and silly but it's done in one minute two minutes and it's fun um essentially in in sort of like in the same vein of some of the worst snl movies where they're clearly taking a skit that worked best as a four minute skit stretching out to 90 minutes and you don't get the best results it's essentially what he's doing here with eight crazy nights he's taking his most iconic song the hanukkah song which is still a great song and uh is a staple i think of any good holiday playlist is the hanukkah song uh, and uh, yeah clearly stretching this thing out way too far but we mentioned if there's anything you can give this movie credit for it's that it's the rare occurrence of a Hanukkah movie up to this point, as I mentioned, 1986 is American tale, Don Bluth and Steven Spielberg. Uh, that's pretty much it at this point. Uh, even to this day, how many other Hanukkah movies can you think of right now off the top of your head? None, none. There's basically nothing. There's really nothing much. In fact, three of the four most notable Hanukkah movies came out within a year of each other. This 
2003's The Hebrew Hammer, which I believe was aired oh, on yeah. which was aired on Comedy Central, I believe, starring Adam Goldberg. And there's a Disney Channel original movie called Full Court Miracle. Both of them were released in 2003. So the entirety of Hanukkah theatrical of movie pop culture comes out between 2002 and 2003 and we basically have had nothing since which is i don't really know how to explain that it's a little bizarre to me frankly and really to this day what i i I think as crazy as it sounds like the most uh the rugrats hanukkah special remains probably the closest thing that we have to an actual retelling of the story of Hanukkah in American media. That's where we're at. Oh my gosh! At least we have the Rugrats. Same goes. Same goes for uh, Passover. By the way, I remember as a kid, I didn't know anything. You know, I'm a godless heathen raised in a house with no religion. Uh, so, and you, Paul, raised in a house of uh, Catholicism. So we don't yes. have a connection to Judaism, really, other than knowing friends or growing up with people who, who uh, celebrated these holidays. So having the Rugrats explain Passover to me at a young age and then Hanukkah, uh, very enlightening and uh, very, and uh, I'm, I'm very, very happy that uh, they did that. And I had that as a child, but I digress. Sandler personally pitches the movie to the Columbia chief, Amy Pascal, uh, of course, notorious in many Hollywood circles now after the Sony leaks. Uh, She was trying to avoid diving into the animation world altogether because of how expensive it was. And this isn't this isn't 1995. It's 2000, 2001 Um, animation. Is, is not nearly as hot as it was. Everyone's moving to 3D animation if you are doing animation, so it just wasn't that profitable a prospect at this point. Too expensive and didn't make enough money, but with Sandler on board, she was convinced that maybe things would be different. Sandler gets Seth Kersley to direct the movie. Uh, his most notable work, from what I could find, was an animated series in the late 90s called The Mummies Alive... And also the short-lived Dilbert television series. Ugh. What's the creator's name of Dilbert? Uh, who's gone again? Scott Adams, that piece of shit. Yeah, this is now before Scott Adams goes full-on cuckoo and um, you know tinfoil hat and just a, just just becomes a general asshole. Uh, but yeah, uh, still Ugh. even before that, Dilbert. Is something like as a kid, I was like, I should get Dilbert because this is what life will be like as an adult. Boring and mundane conversations in cubicles. And this will be funny to me one day. Well, what he thought was, I'm going to make a comic strip. But what if no punchlines? It's meta if you think about it. It worked for the family circus. Why can't it work for um, office humor? You know? (laughs) exactly yeah uh yeah scott adams don't don't, if you don't really know much about him don't look it up Uh, he also said some pretty awful borderline racist things about why the dilbert tv show didn't work um so yeah anyway avoid at all costs yeah all right so laugh all you want at the director's maybe lack of prestige but the animation team for this film and paul this is something we were kind of touching on as you were watching the movie the animation is uh, I think there's a there, there's like a for like character design and stuff. I think they tried 
but clearly there's a point where the budget just kind of there wasn't enough and maybe a fuck it moment when they realized what they were working on um but it's not for a lack of talent that this happened because it, so if the style of the animation looks kind of familiar to you okay can i make a guess take a wild guess is it the same people who worked on anastasia you're cl- you know what you probably are right because okay. apparently half of the animation, t- part of the animation team came from Fox Animation Studios, which basically was f- folding at that point. But a bulk of them came from, uh, they were laid off animators from the 90s iteration of Warner Brothers feature animation. The last movie they worked on, The Iron Giant, uh, which if you look at those characters, you look at the Iron Giant characters, there's a lot of similarities. But you're right, too. Uh, Like if you look at Anastasia character models, I think like Titan AE was another one. The character models. Yeah, Titan AE. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. They look very similar. But Titan AE, very underrated. That's a great movie. I have not watched it since I was a child. I cannot speak to it. I just remember as a kid being tickled that they called the planet Bob. And now that's even that's even too silly for children. That's nothing about that. Is that's just that's just lazy. Uh, yeah, imagine. I mean, look, they're probably happy to have the work, but to go from working on with, with this is not hyperbole to say the Iron Giant is one of the best animated films of its era. And I would go so far to say one of the greatest animated films of all time. It's a brilliant beautiful movie Mm -hmm. and then they went to work on this okay so what's the the issue (laughs) clearly nothing it's just a lateral move obviously that's got to be a little soul crushing you go yeah just a little bit you go from (laughs) animating you go from animating this heartfelt beautiful robot to uh, an old man covered in shit and frozen it's yeah anyway it's gotta make you question a lot of things so the film features all the people you'd expect in a happy madison production uh includes rob schneider as a chinese man Uh, again exactly what you'd expect that's what um i believe he has like a hat trick of movies where he plays a chinese man doesn't he that is straight up the you know the reasoning hey rob you're half filipino it's okay that's the reasoning and all right, whatever helps you sleep at night. Uh, Sandler's own uh, wife, uh, Jackie Sandler, uh, is the love interest in the movie. Um, uh huh. And he is putting her in all of his movies now. And um, look, I'm sure she's a nice lady, but man, she cannot act. She is not a good actress. She is the second she opened her mouth. To speak a line, I went, oh, what is... Yeah. I was it like, sound... this can't be the female love interest of the movie because she sounds like an extra. She sounds like someone they just pulled off the street. It's extra. It sounds... It, it just sounds so amateur. And, like, if you're going to keep putting her in movies, like, get an acting coach. But, again, I, mean, I know what we're talking about right now. We're talking about the guy who wears basketball shorts and Uggs to the supermarket. I get it. I know. It's Adam Sandler. I get it. We're not talking about Daniel Day-Lewis here. Um, and yet there's a part of me that thinks uh, a, a DDL Adam Sandler co-starring vehicle, they bring out the best in each other. Just saying. It would work. 
I think it would work. <laughs> uh, actually, I come to think of it, I think I read something that after one of his early comedies, Daniel D. Lewis actually called up Adam Sandler and was like, that was hilarious. You you have a wonderful comedic presence on screen. <laughs> game recognized mm. game, Paul. That's what that's all about. Uh-huh. Anyway. <laughs> Can you tell how much Paul loves this movie, everybody? Uh, uh. So, also, there's a... The, the one, there's one scene, of course, that features, like, a parade of cameos. Uh, that's when all the mall shop mascots come to life. You see uh, Tyra... You hear Tyra Banks, Carl Weathers, Tom Kenny, uh, among many others. Um, yeah. Yeah. You I didn't even know that. I, yeah. It's a bunch of cameos in there. I had... I didn't care. I, right. Of course. I, I just heard voices, and I wasn't like, who's that? Wait, who is it's that? A, it's, a, it's, a, it's a bunch of cameos. Yeah. Uh, also, is, is is this product placement? So, Paul, I'm, I'm, I'm glad you mentioned that. Uh, okay. Blatant product placement throughout, yeah. throughout this movie. Not just that scene, too. Like, there's moments where they're, like, at the ice rink, and there's just Pepsi in the background. There's a 7-Eleven at one point. But, like, to be said by name. Right. Right. Well, guess what? They, in lyrics. They didn't even ask for permission. They just did it. They just used the products. That's even dumber because they didn't get right. paid. Exactly. It just doesn't make any sense. Why did you do that? Like, if you're going to put it in, at least get something, on, you know, get a cut. But no, they just put it in. Not even thinking about, uh, oh, maybe we should ask. Nope. Uh, all right. Yeah, I, I guess. So, I don't know. Sandler clearly, Sandler and crew are just like, hey, you know what? If we can uh, boost up that business of, you know, noted underdogs, Pepsi, it'll all have been worth it. All right. So why the hell are we even talking about this movie? You might be asking. If you've never seen this movie, which I, I imagine a lot of you have not, because uh, the other thing, too. This movie is never on during the holidays. Never. I've um, never seen it on okay. TV. What would it be on? Comedy Central? Right. You put it on Comedy Central. Uh, put it on, like, I don't know, HBO or something. Yeah. But, like... You put it somewhere. Th- that's the other thing I wondered, was who is this made for? Right. Because the humor is so juvenile, you think, this is for children. And then... You would hear a multitude of swearing mm-hmm. and gross, like literally, it's not even that a character's in a porta pod. You literally seem covered there in shit. There was a moment where so, I actually had to look it up. I'm like, was this rated R? And it wasn't. It was PG-13. Yeah, this is like, I mean, if you're going to make a PG-13, like, silly comedy, like, why not? Make the jokes good. Easier said than done, I would guess. But I guess, but I mean, they made Grandma's Boy four years later, which has got jokes, and it's juvenile. You're right. And it's great. You're right. And it's great. You're right. <laughs> You're right. Uh, I I don't know what happened. I think they were trying for something with the. I, I don't know. It just all feels half-assed for something that's for something like animation, which you can't half-ass too. 
You can't half-ass the feature animation like you can now with computer animation. Yeah. But back then when not everybody was fully on board with computer animation, to half-ass it would be it's weird. It's just real weird. Uh, also, I am very curious how much of an actual script they had because so much of the animation does not even closely line up to what they're saying. Yeah, it, yeah. I, it I, is. I don't know. Stark. Like, the amount of, there's just, like, not even the same amount of syllables. Like, not even the fact that it's not in sync. Like, there's entire words that just kind of, like, occur in between mouths clothing, closing. Like, it's just like, what the hell's happening? You know, you know I'm going to look it up. I should double check the budget for this movie. Because I, I, maybe for oh, it's thirty four million. You know what though? For an animated movie at the time, that's not that much. Considering that a Disney animated movie, even in the late nineties, is upwards of seventy five to ninety million dollars. A thirty four million dollar budget for an yeah. animated movie is actually pretty cheap. So that's but what people happens. can make cartoons on television and still have it match up to the voice. Right? No, don't get me wrong. That's all I'm saying it. is. I'm just saying. All I'm saying is. They started animating it before there was a script and before there was dialogue recorded. You're probably right. You're probably right. This was like, yeah. This was a harebrained idea, I'm sure, that Sandler had. Went, hey, wouldn't it be fun if we did a holiday movie? And then they got to work because, again, his pull at this point was just like, let's do it. And then it just kind of all, you know, went along. Um, it just kind of all muddled together and just kind of dragged along until they came out with something that was mildly passable. No. Uh, but yeah, this. why are we talking about this movie? It is it is a musical. This movie is indeed a musical. Uh, music by Adam Sandler. Um, the score was by Ted Castellucci. And I believe, uh, I don't know if they helped with the score or with the songs, but Mark and Ray Ellis also help. Uh, Ray Ellis, by the way, whose other credits include, and this is not a joke, albums from Billie Holiday, Barbara Streisand, and Liza Minnelli. Cody, I'll tell you why the, the, this this pisses me off even more about this movie. Because if I didn't speak English, I would hear those songs and say, these are some good tunes. Some of the songs are actually pretty well written musically. Yes. The problem is the lyrics are atrocious. They're not funny. And depending on what song you're listening to, is being done in an atrocious voice. (laughs) Including the one that we're going to talk about a lot, which is a character... Sandler decided there's going to be one character that has most of the dialogue in the movie. What is he you don't like about my voice, Paul? And I'm going to put the worst voice ever on it. Like, the most grating voice possible. That's what he's going to do for a character that's... Not a character that appears in one scene that you go like, oh, that was funny, because look how goofy he is. No, the whole movie, he's doing that. And I'm like, what the fuck? But I'm not in sort of the movie, Paul. What you don't like about me? It's exhausting. <laughs> yeah, the moment you start talking, Cody, I'm like, I would, oh, we're doing I, this. Okay. I, I would put Figment's voice on repeat. <laughs> new for like figment. eight hours new figment huh new figment, yes new right? figment yeah. yeah yeah for hours before i had to watch this fucking dude talk again <laughs> this was 
this oh my god that is of course sandler by the way doing yeah. that voice also he's the voice of the sister eleanor as well yeah yeah so yeah he, i think he maybe watched nutty professor and went i want to do that except animated with the holiday music it's just everything's half-assed with the production uh, it's, yeah. it's lazy and half-assed is what it is and despite sandman's unstoppable role eight crazy nights uh, gets released november 27th 2002 it bombs with some box office estimates reporting losses of over 40 million for sony uh just an absolute shit show it's almost in, in, it, it is uh, almost instantly infamous, of course, due to scenes that include an old man turning into a poopsicle, that same old man having a seizure for laughs multiple times. Uh, in retrospect, uh, some some tra- transphobic jokes that have aged horribly, uh, and mm-hmm. yeah, just for being generally awful, absolutely dreadful. But. If director Sean Kersley had his way, things might not have been as bad. Probably still bad, but not with but with a le- le- with a lot less shit. Uh, apparently, there was a YouTube video by Doug Walker, aka the Nostalgia Critic, that blasted this movie. It went viral, and Kersley reached out and said, reached out to him after the video came out, and said he intended to take out the scene where Whitey gets thrown in the porta potty, covered in shit, and sprayed fro- frozen. Uh, but it apparently tested well with audiences, and so the studio told them to let, leave it in. <sighs> and then he got what? Smell you later, poopsicle. Smell you later, poopsicle. I'm coming like, in human feces. <laughs> I'm just like. <laughs> It's Can- so bad. <sighs> yeah. Uh, I- here's the thing, Paul. If we learn anything from test audiences, it's they're fucking wrong all the time. Yeah. <laughs> uh, this and the audiences who didn't like the original end of Little Shop of Horrors. They're mm-hmm. wrong. Don't listen to people. They're wrong. If, yeah. if I've learned anything about movies, it's that everyone is wrong. <laughs> Except for me. <laughs> That's what I've learned over the years. The only opinion that matters is my opinion, and mine says this sucks. So take it out, and I hope you agree. Uh, yeah. Uh, just to add to the confusion, by the way, Kersley also said that test audiences wrote that they hated Whitey's high-pitched voice, but also didn't want it changed. But they didn't change that? <laughs> No, they didn't change no. it. Audiences specifically said we hate it, but don't change it. I don't get it. I'm so angry. I don't get it. They're like, oh, it's so awful, but that's why it's funny. I mean, but I think do about, not think about who's coming to the test screening. I don't know. I, I I don't really know how it works. To be quite honest, how a test screening works, uh, we should know this. Is it just random? Like, hey, come to this random person on the street? Or do people hear? Yeah, I think it's you want to go see a free movie? Right. Or is person it. Person who doesn't have anything to do for the next few hours? Or is it. And this is the beginning of the internet. So it could have maybe gone online where it's like, hey, 
uh, you know, if you live in, I don't know, Chicago, uh, come out and see the new Adam Sandler holiday comedy early for free. And all the people who went are like Sandler diehards. Maybe. Well, I know. I know when we've seen free previews of movies in the area. Um, people go out in droves. People wait in line. Like it got to the point where I actually stopped trying to go to them because I went. This isn't worth it. Yeah. Like I would rather pay the ten bucks and see it a few days later <laughs> for the peace of mind. I, I yeah. imagine also like college kids are going too. Yeah, I think that's also the audience that's going. Yeah, but uh, plus I just feel like if you have a test audience and you're getting asked something, it's why like. Um, uh, what, what is it? Focus groups don't work because everyone feels like if you're being asked, you should say something. So everyone right. just starts coming up with shit to say because they're like, well, I feel like I should say something. So um, this yeah, and then it's kind of like, but hey, that's it's also wonderful. Well, that's what's pro- and then also you're probably there with a bunch of other people. So then like one yeah. person's like, and oh, the voice sucks. They're like, yeah, but they should keep because it's funny. And they're like, oh, yeah, I guess because like, you're like, you know, now you're going along with everyone else. You're like, oh, yeah, sure. Yeah. Uh, but that voice. Fuck. I, I yeah, would love. I was I was visibly angry when that when that fucking character started talking, Cody. I was like, if we could, Paul, if we could no. go in a time machine to that test screening where these results came out i would love to survey that audience see where they all went in life like who are you people how did you get here what happened to you what what makes you think this is okay yeah (laughs) all right oh look let's try to end this thing on a positive note uh this is widely regarded as one of the worst films of 2002 one of the worst holiday films ever Unfortunately, because of the lack of Hanukkah films, I believe one review even said this is the best Hanukkah film just by default, which, again, if there was ever an excuse to make another Hanukkah film just to dethrone this movie. To quote many people, this is why representation matters. Because otherwise, this is all they get, Cody. You're right. This is all they get. They got one token Hanukkah movie. And it's and the Poopsicle is, movie. And this is what they got. Yeah. Yeah. Seth Seth Rogen. Where are you? Okay, so that that might be the closest thing. Do you remember the one they did a few years ago? It was called The Night of. It was the Christmas yeah. Eve movie. That is yeah. honestly the closest we have gotten since. Which is actually yeah. I liked that movie. It was a fun movie. I love that movie. Yeah, I was, love Michael Shannon in that movie. Yeah, it was a good movie. <laughs> so much. It was a good movie. Uh, and it was like a sleeper. Like not many people talked about it afterward, but mm-hmm. I thought it was really great. Damn. Yeah. And yeah, oh, I wish we watched that movie. I know, not a musical though. We can't. We're not allowed. Uh, Can we just like hum something during the? What <laughs> we're making the music for the movie <laughs> post <laughs> retroactively making a musical? No, it doesn't work <sighs> that way. These are the rules. Uh, yeah, that might be the closest thing, honestly. So, uh, but, but seriously, Seth Rogen, where are you? Make a Hanukkah. Make comedy. a Hanukkah. Yeah, make a Hanukkah comedy. We need it, Seth Rogen. You're our only hope, Paul. Uh, 
I, I again, I want positivity. This movie gets nominated for a Razzie. He gets nominated for a Razzie. All that shit. All that shit happens. But he got nominated for two Razzies in the same. Yes, uh, for Mr. Deeds. Yeah, unfairly for Mr. Deeds, by the way. Is that really Razzie worthy? But it's not Razzie worthy. Come on now. It's like fine. Mr. Deeds is fine. Mm. It's not. It's not great by any measure. Cody, Mr. Deeds made $170 million. I know. I'm telling you, this guy was unstoppable. Unstoppable. Like, what, 51st States is like a year or two later? Which also uh, is a, Two years later. Which also is a massive hit? Yeah. Oh, no, no. Could be Not only was 51st States a maser, massive hit, in between he had anger management. Ah, uh, Yes. Of course, Jack Nicholson. See, this is how big he got. Jack Nicholson's also, like, yes, I'll did do Also, you know? did not realize, you know, did not realize Happy Madison production. Uh-huh. At this point, everything he's in is a Happy Madison production. Yeah, at this point, he just kind of puts the name on it. Yeah. <laughs> even, if, even there's like Rain Over Me is technically a Happy Madison production. Is it really? And that's not. Wait, is it really? It is, but is it? No. It's not. But that's crazy that it is. Yeah, that's but it's wild not. to me. <laughs> that's so weird. Yeah, I was gonna say. I I bet you you count. I, I mean, I'm trying to think. Like, Uncut Gems might be the first non. Okay. No, no, no. What? Funny people. Is that's that- a Judd Apatow movie? No, no, no. Yeah. Fuck you. Like that, that's that that's listed as a Happy Madison movie. Nah. Okay, stop putting your name on bullshit. That's a Judd Apatow movie. <laughs> Ninety minutes of the best Adam Sandler movie he's ever done. Should have killed him. He should have died at the end. That would have been. It would have been better. But yeah, uh, Uncut Gems is not listed as yeah, his. That's not but... a Happy Madison movie. <laughs> if that you know was, why, that... what are you talking about? Because that was that was him wanting to winning an Oscar. Is what that was. Look, hey, here's the thing. Uncut Gems does fill the quota of that's a Passover movie, technically. So if we got we got our Passover movie, now we need a, a legit Hanukkah movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay, well, I was going to say one redeeming quality of this movie, one good bit of news, Paul. It holds the distinction of being the very first PG-13 film ever nominated for a Nickelodeon Kids' Choice Award. Ugh. I mean, is there, a, is there an award... Less prestigious than a Nick than a, than a Nickelodeon Kids Choice Award. Yeah, People's Choice Award. I mean, besides the Grammys, I was about right. to say also the Grammys. Yeah, <laughs> and every other music award below the Grammys. Oh, uh, so anyway, he's got plenty of orange blimps. Although, as a kid, man, if you told me as an adult you're gonna win like twelve Kids Choice Awards, I'd be like, I'm gonna be the richest man in the world. Clearly. I'll have buckets of slime at my disposal. The world will bow to me. Anyway. Oh, dear. <laughs> the little, uh, you can look through them. The little, uh, what do you call them? Periscopes? Anyway. Okay. <laughs> Let's talk about this movie, I guess. Oh, finally. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I've been waiting, Cody. I've been biding my time. Uh, we're in the small town. It's a fictional town called Dukesbury, New Hampshire. We meet Davy Stone, played by Adam Sandler, 33-year-old alcoholic, uh, just always up to no good. Uh, he's got a long criminal record, and he has- Wait, 33 years old? Yeah, that's how old he's supposed to be. 
Son of a bitch. He gave himself Jesus' age for this fucking movie. I got it. I didn't think about it. <laughs> oh. Uh, Paul, but Paul, hold the phone. Do you really think that was a realization by them? Do you really think they realized that? I don't know. I don't know. I, I, you know what? Come to think, I don't know. I don't know. Anyway, we see him uh, starts out him at Mr. Chang's Chinese restaurant. As he is starting off with a doozy. Yep, he is belligerent and he's drunk. And we have Rob Schneider uh, as the Mr. Chang, aforementioned Mr. Chang, yelling at him to get out of the restaurant as he uh, evades paying for the bill. Uh, what? He humps a car here at one point. Uh, we're really off to a rollicking start uh, as the cops stop him. And then uh, Mr. Chang comes out and says he's trying to do dine and ditch. And that's when he, in in classic early 2000s fashion, grabs the lid of a garbage can and starts snowboarding with it. Extreme sports were the thing back then. Yep. Triple X. Yep. Triple X. X Games. Extreme. All of it. You know, everything was extreme. Extreme Go-Gurt. I remember that was a thing. How was yogurt Mm -hmm. ever extreme? Don't know. We found out in 2001, though. We found out. Anyway, we hear Davey's song, which uh, you want to talk about an incredibly depressing way to start off your movie. Good Lord. The lyrics to this, most of the movie, that's the other thing with this movie. It's a holiday movie. And in, in the end, everything is a happy ending. But from this moment until, I don't know, maybe a few minutes before the movie ends, this is a dark and dour movie like it just feels like shit man the first thing i thought when when this song was going was guaranteed he said oh what if i make like dennis leary's asshole song but about the holidays (laughs) and that's what he did yep yep that's what it is that there's no more to it that's what exactly what he did. Especially at the time, that song was huge. Yeah. It was. Uh, yeah. Uh, I, just to sample some of the lyrics here. Uh, I hate folks who think reindeer are cute. To me, they're just something to shoot. I hate love. I hate you. I hate me. Happy holidays, everybody. <laughs> Boy. Just this is the thing is he's clearly I drive my car in the ultra fast lane while people behind me are going insane. I'm an asshole. The world's biggest ass. It's the same shit. It's it is. It's the same thing. The same exact thing. But it's a holiday. So I don't know. It's look. And again, I've prayed. I've said enough praise of like of some of the Adam Sandler stuff. But like this is him at his absolute worst tendencies. It's so fucking lazy. And it's also like he's clearly like, oh, yeah, he's depressed. Like, we're just trying to show that he's depressed and it's the holidays. But just in the most blunt and stupidest terms, you know, uh, just I don't know. So, uh, yeah, during the course of the song, he steals a snowmobile and uh, destroys the giant uh, menorah and Santa ice sculptures in the process and he is arrested and then awaits faces trial at the trial 
He is about to go to jail for 10 years, apparently, in prison, until a 70-year-old volunteer referee by the name of Whitey Duvall comes to the rescue. Also, 70? <laughs> yep, 70. He looks good. That guy looks terrible for 70. Uh, what are you talking about? That guy looks, looks like he's great. 90 years old. Looks great for 70. <laughs> Couldn't have looked better. I mean, I only aspire to that. You know, that level of just hair growth and misshapen feet. It's something to aspire to. So Whitey was a Davy was the referee in Davy's former basketball league. And because you know, go ahead, go ahead. You know what I did just to compare ages? What? You know who I looked up just to see how old they are? Hmm. Ed Asner. <laughs> <laughs> they look surprisingly similar. <laughs> 91, by the way. 91. Good for Ed Asner. That's awesome. Anyway, does Ed Asner so, yeah. look better than Whitey? <laughs> he does, and that's what's st- sad. He's 91. Whitey's supposed to be 70? Oh, my God. Oh, God. So he blurts in because I guess they're just allowing this in this town, this random old man to just come in and be like, I'm going to stand up for this guy. Don't, uh, just don't. I'm going to do it. I'm going to keep normally. doing it. going to keep doing that voice, which I love so much. Whitey suggests, <laughs> suggests that the judge sentences Davey to community service and instead has him be a referee in training with him at the, at the youth basketball league. Um, if Davey does commit a crime before his sentence is completed, he's told he will serve 10 years in prison. The next day, Davey is, uh, has joined Whitey in his first game as referee, uh, and it doesn't go well, Paul. Shocker. Uh, <laughs> he torments, you know, but in the laziest way. Right. Yeah, absolutely. It doesn't even like, like him, like... He, it's so over the top for a cartoon even that I'm like, this isn't even like, oh, watch the, uh, you know, the fuck up. No, look how bad is the job he's doing. It's like he's literally not doing anything. No, he's just being a dick. That's all it is. It's just yeah. him being a complete asshole, specifically to one obese player uh, who... Oh, but it's okay because they call that back later, and other random characters also insult that same yeah, person. Yeah, that's why it's okay. Uh, oh, oh, we're all allowed to insult the fat kid. All right, then it's fine. Yeah, yeah. in the end, that's not one of the things he learns was bad. <laughs> Look, I've learned the true meaning of Hanukkah and and Christmas and it's that it's all okay for us to bully the fat kid that's what it's all about mm. that is mm. that goes along with uh the teachings oh, of this if, time of year and if that kid has a seizure whew. oh it'd be hilarious oh my god yeah that's also what happens Whitey suffers the lols are coming Whitey suffers a seizure <laughs> in the middle of the court at one point Davey kicks him <laughs> Um, boy, as this was happening, I felt very uncomfortable and went, oh no, is this supposed to be played for laughs? This is horrifying. 
<laughs> this yeah. is genuinely uh, awful what's happening right now. Yeah. Uh, as a person who's seen someone have a seizure very immediately and suddenly out of nowhere, it is fucking scary. Yes. And it, it's, I was just like, what? Why is this? And then I'm getting ahead of our, myself, but to have it then be a recurring bit. I'm like, it's so what? bad. By the last one, though, Paul, I'll admit, I was laughing because it was just like, I can't fucking believe they're doing this again. And like, who thinks this is funny? Like, sickos. Absolute sickos. The same people who watched this movie and went, you know what? You know what stuck out to me? The old man getting covered in shit. That was a bit of comedy genius. Mwah. And then, oh, okay, you know, I'm not going to talk about that until the end of the movie. No, yeah, no, Never just mind. wait till the end. Just... Which at this point, look, if you've not watched this movie, it, just keep listening. Who gives a fuck? This movie's fucking terrible. You should, yeah, I, I just don't want to get only, ahead of myself. The only because... way to watch this movie right now, I think it maybe is available on Hulu for free. I don't know. but I... Oh, I've never been so happy to have pirated something in my life, yeah, Cody. Yeah, good, good. Guess oh, what? I've I never... spent three bucks on this movie. Wish I had. You did you did what? Yeah, I rented the movie. We're going to watch You're the movie. Yeah, I, I got to rent the movie. It's the only way I'm going to watch nah, it. Nah, I pirated this piece of shit. Well, That's not happening. Our, yeah, good on you, matey. Apparently, it's available on Showtime. So I don't got Showtime. Showtime. I don't got Showtime. So, there you go. Anyway. Showtime. So, anyway. <laughs> yeah, he's got a seizure. The game's halted. Uh, everyone's booing him. Davey has to forfeit. Uh, uh, and, and basically, after the game... They do walk out. Whitey is fine. Uh, is this the part where I think we do get one of the, the second song of the movie, uh, the annual? Oh, no, that's uh, after they go to the mall. Uh, but to calm his frazzled nerves, by the way, calm date Whitey, the man, the 70 year old man who just had a seizure is like, hey, let's go to the mall. It'll cheer you up. I'm sorry. You're the one who needs to be helped right now. Also, the. For it to be a rec- another recurring joke is like for Sandler and his buddies to be like, what do old people like doing? They like going to the mall and walking around. Oh, so that'll like be his thing that he loves the mall. I'll say this, though. It's accurate. <laughs> it is. It's but very it's just fucking like. But it's just a nothing joke. Yeah. It's, it's just, just a, an observation. It's not even a joke. It's just an observation. Yeah. Old people hoard tissues also. It doesn't mean that it's going to be funny in a movie. Right. Right. Exactly. So Whitey takes him to the mall. It's where uh, they meet Davy's childhood friend, Jennifer, uh, and her son, Benjamin. Jennifer played by uh, Sandler's own wife, uh, Jackie Sandler. Uh, Jennifer now, uh, also, he's a total dick. Surprise. During this whole thing, I think he even tells uh, Benjamin something about how, like, the holidays suck, because that's just who he is in this movie. Uh, Whitey tells Davy that Jennifer is now a divorced single mother uh, and moved back to the hometown uh, and our first bit of uh totally free product placement says oh yeah she worked at dunkin donuts no cody this is also the first exposition dump that they just yeah. decide in this movie to just oh my i mean i've been hit with exposition before we watched marvel movies but <laughs> this is like did you order a side of exposition because actually we have seven gallons of it to dump on your face she, he's just yeah. like Oh, her? 
You mean the woman who was married and then had a divorce, but then the guy ran off, and then now she works over there, and everything's going over, and now she wishes she could only find someone, and if only you, maybe you were maybe the person, then maybe okay, then maybe you guys could be together. Also, yeah, it's there's like, like a flashback here. It's just, yeah, it's a lot. It's a lot. There's there's multiple flashbacks, multiple in this movie. They, they just, they're just like, can we just, and this is, by the way, this is after she, she like chastises him, right? Yes, yes. So then that's what she's like. She's like, why can't he be like he used to be? Yeah, this is also the fact that Whitey, the Whitey is the one who's like, remember you had 20 years ago, you had your chance. It's like, what the fuck is happening? Why do you remember this kid's life so much? <laughs> Borderline creepy. Uh, they leave the mall, but not before Whitey tells Davey of his true passion. What is it to get like the 35th city all-star patch? I don't even know what what is this what is this even? It's just a fancy <laughs> patch he wants just to show that everybody thought he did a great job of representing the community. Uh, and we do get our second song, the annual All-Star Banquet, which um I don't know. It's a fun piece of business for a second. It's one minute, which is kind of like perfect. Like, yeah, good. Little morsel of the song. Uh, although uh, there's a line about uh, everybody's having so much fun, they'll pee their pants, to which then we see a group of men laughing with nice white tuxes with big yellow pee stains, which. All right. <laughs> see why well, this got nominated for the Kids' Choice Award. It's a good bit. That's and, a good bit uh, of business. They're like, oh, Mrs. Selman with her one extra breast. Hey, guess what? That's going to be a recurring joke as well. <laughs> Three boobs, you don't say. We all saw Total Recall. Why? That's why it's what? funny. Timely, too. Timely to make yeah. a Total Recall joke in 2002. <laughs> yes. Anyway. As we go on, Davy and Whitey's relationship is becoming more strained, uh, especially after Whitey threatens Davy uh, that he's not going to notify the judge when uh, Davy when he finds out Davy actually shoplifted some chocolates from Hey, our next product placement, Seize Candy. Buy yours today. Uh, he does let him off the hook, but Whitey does keep to his word uh, and says that he will tell the judge if Davy does commit another crime. Uh, Whitey's various attempts to encourage Davey uh, mostly met with um, some uh, uh, some pretty shady shit, uh, including the very next day when here's the scene, baby. Here it is. This is the one you send to the Academy for your consideration. Here is a 30 year old man tossing a small disfigured 70 year old into a porta potty and flipping it over until he is covered in human feces and the academy award for best use of human shit paul your thoughts you got no thoughts on the scene clearly well first of all the best use of human shit ever was the golgothan demon in dogma okay fair enough but I get that. I get that was in 2002. Shawshank so. is up there. You know, he literally is crawling through human shit. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. Uh, Pink Flamingos uh, is up there as well. I'm really sorry, everybody. This is gross. You know what, Cody? It's very fitting that this is the episode where we hit a new low. <laughs> <laughs> I'll put a disclaimer at the front. You can skip this part if you don't want talk of human feces. 
Anyway, yeah, it just not only is not only is Sandler mean to the old man, but so are just regular working. Yeah, people. everybody's just mean to him. Apparently, this guy doesn't because he's a volunteer ref, so he doesn't make any money. So he just does odd jobs all around town. Uh, literally putting the star at the top of this huge Christmas tree where he falls to what should have been his death uh, and then cleaning out the porta potties to which for a dollar for a dollar, which, yeah, that's when Sandler uh, Davy, excuse me, uh, pushes him in. And uh, yeah, uh, and, and to just here's the thing. It's one thing to have an old man covered in shit and spray him and he becomes covered in ice and frozen in shit it's another thing when then you get a bunch of reindeer to then lick the old man and then quite literally one of them gives a little shit eating grin to the camera good fucking lord (laughs) you almost have to respect it for just how far they're just like fuck it they're just gonna be so fucking vile. You almost have to respect it. Almost. I, I'm trying to think. I don't think that even South Park has had a scene as vile as that. No. No. It's. And that's saying a lot. I feel like we can stomach some pretty juvenile, tasteless shit. This is insane. Uh, phrasing, Cody. Uh, anyway, let's move on from the show. Let's move on. Let's move on. Let's move on. Uh, later, uh, Davy, once again, we're playing basketball again. Davy and Benjamin do bond in. Look, this movie has a lot of unrealistic scenes, but this one, this one, and, and frankly, Sandler, I think in a lot of his movies post 2000, definitely is, um, Stretching the truth a bit about uh, the type of people who would be in his life and the type of things that he'd be capable of and all these things. Um, but this is one where I say, no, this is absolutely true, uh, where, of course, there is a group of the bull- there's some bullies. I think they were encountered earlier in the movie that challenge uh, Davy and Whitey to a basketball game. Shirt versus skins where then uh, Whitey takes off his uh, shirt and revealed He's hair got hair everywhere. Uh, also, yeah. Oh, this a, is after the hairy yeah, butt. Yeah, after the joke hairy butt well, cheeks. Right? After the hairy butt cheeks. Yeah, yeah. It's got hairy butt cheeks. It's funny. Uh, <laughs> that's comedy. It's comedy, Paul. Learn from the masters. Okay. It's it's you know what it is is. It's like coming up with a premise and then doing nothing with it, because it's not like. He has hairy butt cheeks, so then this happens. It's just, he has hairy butt cheeks. Lock it in. <laughs> That's it. There's this, There's no, there's no, like, thought process behind it. Lock it up. There it is. Lock it. It's gold. Nailed it. Nailed it. It's gold. It's absolutely Nailed it. It's gold. gold. Yep. So yeah, he's just a hairy old man. Um, he's no good. So that eventually, or I don't even know, he's not even no good. Like, doesn't he get like knocked out or something? No, he's like good. No, no, but no. Then he gets hurt. Davy is good. Is White Whitey's not good? I thought he made it though. No, Whitey's he made not a couple good. Baskets. No, Davy's good. 
Davy is very good. Oh, who gives a shit? Continue. Anyway, <laughs> this is the part I'm saying is the most realistic because go right now, pause or just afterwards. Go look up on YouTube Adam Sandler playing pickup basketball, and oh my god, he's fucking good. <laughs> I believe it. It's kind of like he's doing no look passes behind the back. Jew, like, dude, he's breaking people's ankles. Like, what the fuck, man? What the fuck? It's, I get like why he probably he probably got you know what I get why like Shaq's his friend now. I get why like him and Shaq are now friends. He probably saw it. Probably well, Shaq's just down for anything. Shaq just showed true. up on wrestling. Uh, yeah, I saw that. I did see. And unfortunately, uh, who, if, if you got a paycheck, Shaq's like, well, you know, let's do it. No, that's what's funny is that like a lot of a lot of the hardcore wrestling people are like, oh, why is why are they putting Shaq in here? Who gives a shit? Why? What does Shaq mean to like wrestling? And it's like, right, it's like, guess you know, why would they ever do that? You know, like they never would have done that in like the late nineties. Oh, well, yeah. oh wait, yeah, exactly. They did, but also case in point, Cody, you don't watch wrestling, but you saw the clip. Yep. I saw Shaq. That's why they did it, folks. Exactly. <laughs> because that's how it works. Yep. yep. Exactly. Also, bam. Yeah. Now it's on ESPN. That's how it works. Yeah. Exactly. We all remember Dennis Rodman again. His his yeah his leaving the Bulls because of uh, the Last Dance for wrestling. Anyway. Uh. So yeah, Davey and Benjamin win. This kid. Uh. It says uh, biatch, and then his mom walks in and says, "Don't say biatch," and uh, reprimands him for swearing and scolds Davey. And uh, telling him that uh, she doesn't want her son to end up like him. On the drive home, uh, Davey and Whitey are talking, and Davey reminisces uh, about what he and Jennifer nearly had in the song Long Ago, which for a moment, Paul, I went, why is this song so fucking serious right now? What movie is this? What what happened? And I thought... Well, this is my this is the the thought process I had. It was well, one. I was like, well, this is this is pretty good. And then I went, what's the catch? Huh. Sandler's wife. It seems like she can sing. But wait, why is there a little bit of a southern twang in this voice all of a sudden? And I went, who is this? So I go to the Google and I type it in. How the fuck? Did they get Alison Krauss to be in this movie? Sandman was untouchable, man. Un- Sandman was unstoppable. I I am so like. It, I, if he legit if he called, country, you were gonna do it. Country singer. If he called, you a, were in. Yeah, a legit country singer, like not a joke, not a pop country whatever. Blah, a legit country singer. I was like, what the fuck. <laughs> so yeah, it it does at first be like okay this is like a nice song reminiscing of their past and it doesn't fit in at all compared yeah, to what we and seen. then they ruin it and then whitey's got a few lines uh about having a seizure about being covered in poop uh really is this the first time whitey sings yeah no 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 yeah. second time second time oh yeah that's right yeah he has that song okay earlier. yeah because if you thought whitey talking was annoying enough Wait till he sings. <laughs> we'll talk about that in a minute, too. Uh, there's a really, really, really bad transphobic joke in this that just made me, like, at this point, I just felt uncomfortable the rest of the movie after it happened. Really bad. Um, so, yeah. Uh, but the song abruptly ends, and Davey sees that his trailer is being burned down by those basketball players that they defeated. Um, 
and then uh, Davy runs into his burning trailer to rescue. Uh, we saw it earlier to the Hanukkah card that his parents left him. We don't know what happened to his parents. He's never talked about them as he watches the trailer burn down. Can I just talk about, okay, let me just go back to the song real quick. Because I think this showcases why it doesn't understand. Because even if you were going for like a younger crowd, most of the song, until they fuck it up, what works. Because, you know, the jokes before that are like, oh, my sister's wig once had lice. And it's kind of like, that's not funny. But at least it's like a, a little kid would laugh at that joke. Yes. And then it's like, I thought I got some tongue, but it was a retainer. Even a little kid to like a preteen would be like, yeah, that's funny. I, I, I get it. That's funny. I have a retainer. That's funny. Yeah. yeah. But then it's the only time I had sex was on the phone. And it's like, what? Wh- who is this for? It's a big leap. Yeah. It's a huge leap. I'm like, and that's what I, and then that's the only one. So you kind of go like, and then, of course, he says, my jewels got licked by f- six frisky deer. And it's just like, again, over the top. But it's like, without those like two jokes, you kind of get where they could have made like a decent, at least, kids flick. Right. If you, forg- if you forgive that, yeah, I mean, well, you know, other than, you know, all the shit we just saw leading up to this. Oh, I know, I know. But I'm just saying like this, in, I'm, I'm talking about like this in a vacuum of like- Right, 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 right. Like, if this was like the premise- you're like, okay, these two reconnecting after all these years. If this is like the uh, the trailer song of like, or like the pitch song, you know what I mean? Like, this is the musical, this is what we're going to do, this is the kind of humor you're going to expect, blah, blah, blah. Right. And this is like a perfect like, like example of how they don't know what audience they're aiming for. And they don't know what they're supposed to be doing. Yeah, I think the fact that it was animated, I mean, because it, it could have just been straight up. That's the thing. He's like, even his live action movies are not nearly this juvenile and, and, and gross. Even, yeah, even and, at, before or after this. Not even close. Yeah, and it's, uh, uh, yeah, it's, yeah. Yeah, anyway. That's it. I just, yeah. So, yeah, the trailer has been burned down. Also, yeah, they forced the, they were going to choose, eat some guy's jock strap or something like that. I don't know. That was the Gross. bet. That was the entire bet of yeah. the basketball game. Yeah, that's right. Anyway. That's the reason they played basketball. To eat another fat guy's jock strap. Yeah. So that way, the guy who had to eat the jock strap would be the one to burn his trailer. Right. That was the consequence. Don't let people eat, people eat your jock straps, or force people to eat jock straps. Lesson learned. Not even force. He didn't cheat. No, no, he didn't cheat. Which would have been, I don't know, a lesson. That's true. <laughs> There's no lesson here. It's just you won. You were kind of being a bad influence. Yeah, but, but still, it's a little harsh. Things are finally kind of looking up for him, and then that happens. So why yeah. again? The movie. Is very dour. It is. Uh, okay, so yeah. Also, so he goes in to save the letter, mm-hmm. and I. It just made me laugh so much that like he had to save the letter, but like not the picture of him with his parents, which is right next to the letter. Right. Like the placement. Like he literally could have just like opened his fingers a little wider and grabbed both. <laughs> I'm just like, come on, man. <laughs> like at least don't put them next to each other. Right. <laughs> Animators, if you want us to think 
You know what I mean? It's just very stupid. Not the best. Not the best. Not thinking that one through. So now David no. doesn't have a place to live, but of course, Whitey's like, come live with me and live with yeah, me. Yeah, I'm my a sister. glutton for fucking punishment. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a goddamn masochist. Uh, so Davy reluctantly accepts. Uh, of course, he's also living with Whitey's diabetic fraternal twin, Eleanor, also voiced by Adam Sandler. She's mostly obsessed with um, the whereabouts of her wig from 40 years prior. That's so Whitey. Yeah. And that don't worry, folks, that'll come back in case you're worried about the wig. Um, so Whitey. Looks like shit for her his age. She looks amazing for her age. <laughs> if they're both seventy, I mean she doesn't have hair. So there's that. If they're if they're both seventy, I guess so. Sure. Hey, those wrinkles ain't bad though. That's fair. That's fair. On her, she's she got smooth skin, baby. <laughs> Eleanor, you're doing it, baby. Work it, girl. You do working better than Whitey. Eleanor, you do you, baby. Yeah. So, uh. Their household, of course, has many rules. It's going to be a lot different uh, for Whitey. The, you know, constantly opens that beer, which just spews all over them. Uh, this isn't going to work, Paul. So Whitey refers to anything. Uh, he sets the rules here. Like a good referee would. God, you're loving this. In the song. <laughs> <laughs> That's a technical foul. Paul, what if I told you? I kind of like this song. <laughs> oh, sh- <laughs> I hate it. <laughs> I hated this song. <laughs> I urge everyone, if you have at, not at watched least- the movie, please listen to this song and end its debate for us. I think it's kind of funny. <laughs> at least, at least with this one. I see where they're going with it. Yeah, you get what they're doing. It's sort of a funny little parody, a talking back and forth, almost in the yeah, in the classic then it's a, sort of yeah. Then he even does the like, wait, so let me get this straight, and then he has to like. You can ask. see this in like a Bing Crosby musical, like Bing Crosby Holiday musical. You could see this sort of yeah. back and forth song happening in that. You get yeah. where they're. You get what they're going. It feels like they're going for something here, and I think for the most part they actually do it. Look, forgive the terrible. Some of the just absolutely ridiculous, stupid lyrics in here. You know, that's so- the problem. Is that. Like I said, musically is not the issue. It is the terrible, 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 no good lyrics. And the fact that Whitey's doing that horrible voice throughout the entire thing. Well, you don't like the line where he says, what if I gave your diabetic sister a cookie? So that'd be a technical foul. Also, maybe a homicide. It's comedy. That one's okay. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> that that line was okay. I actually thought that line was funny. <laughs> That might have there's, been there's, okay. I, there's I lied. two. I lied. There's, I left. Legitimate. Twice. There's legitimate two points in this movie where I went, "Huh, that was one of them," and one will come later. Okay. Anyway, I think this is the closest this movie gets to like a song where I'm like, you know what? Not bad. It's okay. It's actually a bit of fun. It's a good bit of business to put it. <laughs> anyway. Okay, so Dave Davy is now. Uh, starting to turn his life around a little bit now, living with Eleanor and Whitey. Um, but uh, when they are off figure skating, which when they're off in the ice rink, which uh, or the frozen lake nearby, which first of all, um, 
Whitey can skate like nobody's business. Why is he doing refer? Why is he refereeing basketball? Why is that? He said he did for a while. Sure. Why'd you give it up? You're clearly better at that. <laughs> what are you doing? Yeah. What are you doing? Anyway, uh, everything's going well except that uh, Davy brings up or Whitey brings up what happened a few decades prior, and we learn exactly why Davy is a big old lump of shit. And then he, what is he? He even like tells it to another person, right? He tells it to. He Eleanor. tells it to her. He's telling. It yeah, to, he's, he's like. Telling whole story he's like. To oh, don't you know what happened to him? And then exposition right. dump. Right. Exposition yeah. dump. He wins the game. Blah blah blah. It's the best night of his life. He finds out after the game, his parents were hit by a truck and they died and. Um, that's the reason why he doesn't like the holidays. It's the reason why he's so distant to Jennifer. It's the reason why he's a drunk and a, and a low life and why his life has, has gone to ruins. Um, that's when Davey loses his temper, uh, basically tells Whitey, no one likes you. No one even knows you. You're never going to get the uh, patch. Or, I don't know, the all-star patch or whatever the fuck it is. Um, and leaves with uh, Eleanor and her half-eaten corn dog. Uh, also, my favorite bit of trivia on IMDb. I want to talk about the most useless bit of trivia. It said, Eleanor is eating a corn dog, even though corn dogs are not sold at that snack stand that they're by. So she must have bought it on their way over. Why? Why did anyone look this up? What could have possibly compelled you to take the, the precious moments that you are given in this life? <laughs> To put that down on IMDb as possible trivia for this just dog shit movies. What in the world? Why? I want to know. I need to meet that person. I need to meet the test audience for this movie and just shake them and say, why? Why are you this way? Anyway. Davey now is spending the rest of the day binge drinking uh, as he's walking through town, sadly. Uh, that night, he breaks into the mall, and he's completely drunk. He stumbles into the middle of the mall, and he begins to sort of hallucinate that all of the mall mascots are coming to life <laughs> and confronting him about uh, his parents in the song Intervention Song. Hey, okay, that's, that sounds about right. Yeah, this is the part where just completely blatant product placement um, that they didn't get a cent for. Smart. I uh, don't really have anything to say about the song. It's it's honestly, I watched it like last night. I don't even remember what the song sounded like. <laughs> I'm gonna be completely yeah. honest with you guys. It was very forgettable. This song. Don't remember yeah. much about it. Yeah. yeah, it's a real who gives a shit. It's a real who gives a shit, other than he figures out, oh, wait, I've been such a shithead, and he reads the letter, which uh, says a little heartfelt message. By the way, the parent, his, his parents are voiced by his actual parents. Um, if you want to, a little bit of heartfelt uh, feeling, I think this is uh, his dad dies about a year later, so this is like the last thing he got to, his dad got to be in with him, so that's nice. Um, so yeah, it, can t it says you're a good son. It has two photos and one of young Davy and Jennifer at the basketball game and one of his parents. So he does have a photo of his parents at least, I guess. But, uh, you know, he didn't know that when his house was burning down. So you're right. Uh, Davy finally comes to terms with his loss. The police arrive. They arrest him. Um, but he then escapes pretty easily. 
and gets on a bus to New York City. Oh no, he escapes by handcuffing yeah. them into looking like they're butt fucking each other. <laughs> anyway, uh, so yeah, he gets on a bus that's heading to New York City. Uh, the bus is forced to stop when a single thumbtack, Paul, uh, punctures all eight rear tires of the bus. Um, meanwhile, of course, where does he stop? Uh, right in front of the uh, the All Star Banquet, where all of the town is celebrating. One, which member of the community will be recognized for their positive contributions to Dukesbury and the Dukesbury All Star Patch, of course, which Whitey has been wanting for thirty five years now. Uh, also, the stupidest moment in this movie. Uh, this might be the other moment I laughed, and maybe it's the moment you laughed too. When the mayor says a terrible knock-knock joke, and then the entire audience, just to reassure him it was funny, is completely overselling how much they're laughing. The point. You know what? It was funny until it cut to the reindeer. Okay, that was the point. Yep, exactly. It was like if they had just stopped it with, I think, the Mr. Chang is like banging his head on the table. That would have been it right there. Cut it off. That's funny. Because it was like somebody is going, hey, 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 doing like the Russian dance down the aisle. Yeah. That's funny. And people are just going crazy, ripping off their shirts. They're just, and then, yeah, the restaurant owner bangs his head. And then, yeah, he said it. Uh, the reindeers are all outside uh, laughing so hard. They're shitting pellets. Just. Yeah. What is it with poop, man? What is it? Yeah. What, it's, what is it with poop in this movie? It's gross. Anyway, so uh, Davey walks off the bus, by the way, and heads towards the All-Star Banquet. Uh, We find out Whitey does not win the 35th All-Star patch. It goes to some fucking billionaire, as it always does. John Lovitz. John Lovitz. (laughs) Um, This is the other part where I laughed, is when he pats the guy on the back. with his hook. With his hook. That's funny. That's funny. That was funny. That's funny. That's a good. That's that's a good bit right there. Uh, it's a good gag. I mean, John Lovitz is just generally he's got little moments in a lot of Adam Sandler movies, and honestly, he's always pretty funny. Him and the wedding yeah. singer is very funny. It's very oh. stupid. Yeah, no, he's in, the wedding singer is my probably my favorite line in the movie. Is, <laughs> he's, he's losing, losing his mind. And I am reaping all the benefits. <laughs> and he just slowly backs the away. The part of it is that it's never brought up again. No. It's so funny. <laughs> that shit is hilarious. Oh, yeah. So he once again gets to shine, even in cartoon form in this movie. Uh, so why do you pass over for what seems to be the final time? Um, they, He and Eleanor leave. Uh, they say they're going to move to Florida and re- live out the rest of their life. Um but then Davy storms into the hall and sells everybody like Whitey deserves this award. And well, he, he starts to, but then he's supposed to get arrested. But then she, uh, yeah. the woman, let him speak. Yeah, as if anyone would give a shit. That's the thing. She goes from like it goes from you're an awful person. Don't be around my son. There's no indication that her mind has changed. We see that little sweet little montage of him and and Eleanor and Whitey, where he's like helping them around the house. But then the next time she sees them, he's like, the world doesn't love you. No one gives a shit about you and you're going to die alone to Whitey. And then he leaves. Yeah. Yeah. So there's no indication that she's she's having a change of heart because she shouldn't. But she does. But she does. All of a sudden. Let him talk. And that's when he begins to sing uh, about. 
all of the things Whitey has done to help the town in the song Bumbiddy. Um, why do they all break out into Bumbiddy Bumbiddy Bum? Very Fiddler on the Roof esque there at the end. I think, it, I think it's just a it's just a it's just a Hebrew thing. I, okay, I was gonna say. Is there any but, rhyme or reason for why this is happening? Because again, I just, uh, I, don't get me because I feel like that's I have with everything in this movie. I feel like that's a legit question to ask. I think why I think that's happening? the one. I think that was like the one straw where he was like, "We need to put something Hanukkah esque yes. in this fucking thing." And that's what it was. That's <laughs> yeah. absolutely what um, it was. Yeah, the fact that the end of the movie. Is that Sandler or Davy? Mm-hmm. Anytime, Sandler. Teaches is like, guys, we've all been shitty to this old man. Me, the worst. I'm going to teach everyone a lesson. It's just like, ugh. fucking rich. I wish the one guy would just be like, why should we fucking listen to you, asshole? <laughs> How about the woman who was and her son who was nice to this guy the whole fucking time? Yeah. They would be better represent- representatives to tell the towns, hey, meet, well, but they, but here's the thing, though, Paul. You know what? They, they didn't do it. They weren't the ones to stand no. up to every. They they watched right there as he yeah. lost and didn't say anything. So there you go. That's really all it comes yeah. down to. You know what? First Put they came for up. Whitey. First they came for Whitey, and I said nothing. Then they came for, El- for Eleanor, and I said nothing. Then they came for me. Anyway, <laughs> so yeah, the town realizes, oh shit, we're really mean to Whitey. We need to be nicer to him. Davey eventually finds Whitey, who he and Eleanor have gone where else to the mall um, to speak to it, as they say. Oh, is there anything more depressing than just like, oh, I hope they left the door open to the mall? Yeah, dude, I'm telling you, this movie, oh. it takes until like the last three minutes to finally perk up. It's always depressing. Uh, the down, the the entire town. Uh, well, eventually Whitey is the or D- Davy's the first guy to see them, and Whitey basically tells him like, "You absolutely deserve the the award. Don't go to Florida." And then shows everybody's there at the mall. They're all saying, "Hooray! We love you, Whitey. Here, take the thirty fifth patch. It's yours." And then everybody starts throwing their patches at him. Uh, for a brief moment, it seems like what a nice Wait a minute. what a nice ending we're about to all have here, Paul. I just realized something. Uh huh. So he's always wanted this patch. Correct. Since he was 35 years old? Apparently. Yeah. So it wasn't even something like he grew up wanting? No. He's like a 35 year old man. He's like, oh man, I really hope this gets this patch. And he just carried that for like 35 years? Gotta have goals, you know? You know, it doesn't just because you know when you hit thirty five doesn't mean you can't have new goals. You know, no, Cody, I'm thirty six and my life's done. (laughs) It's it, baby. It's a wrap. This is nothing else. There ain't nothing. There's nothing else. This is it. You're looking at the finished product, baby. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. Continue. So yeah, that's what he wanted all his life until you know. I can't speak for the first thirty-five years, but that's what he wanted. So he gets it finally. He gets all the awards, and like I said, and Whitey, Davy, and Jennifer reconcile. Looks like they're gonna get together. You know, even though there's no rhyme or reason for them to. And um, 
that one moment where you think, man, what a nice heartfelt ending from this, you know, just this wretched, you know, this affront to humanity. Uh, and how does it end? Whitey goes into a seizure, which he calls the happiest seizure of my life. The end. Wow. What a colossal piece of shit this movie is. This movie sucks. Oh boy. Well, Paul, in ways that that like like I'm mad at how how fucking bad this movie is. I haven't watched a real piece of shit in a while, Cody. It's been a long time. I now I just skip it. I I I just I've even heard of movies that are like people go like and I go, you know what? I'm not even going to watch it then. And I just, I haven't. And then now to just go from that to like, literally like, let me just dive right to the bottom of this barrel real quick. Yeah, it's like, not just that you like watched a movie that has like 40% on Rotten Tomatoes and maybe, maybe you'll see parts of it you like, but maybe it'll just be bad and, and all that. No, you literally went, yeah, you went to the bottom of the ocean here. You went to where there are, uh, you know, creatures that have not even seen. Uh, these are prehistoric. This is how deep, deep, deep into the shit we went. Yeah. As bad as this it gets. This is bad. There will, Paul, there will arguably never be a worse movie we discuss on this podcast. So at least you could say that. This is like, like think, I, of it, I pulled, think of it like ripping off a Band-Aid. We could have delayed I, this for for next Christmas, but no. I pulled the I pulled off the uh, the brother from Sing Street in my room. I, I had to like fan the door afterward. I was like, "Whoa, gotta let the stink out of here," because <laughs> my God, we could have delayed it, Paul. We could have watched it next holiday season. Would have been an entire or never. Year. Hear me out, or never. <laughs> <laughs> but we have to because. Uh, That's our goal. We try to watch them all, good or bad. They are musicals. Oh, and we do love this genre, but it is capable of just something that is absolutely reprehensible and um, uh, just genuinely bad. Just a bad. You really, movie. you really should have picked another bad movie for next week. I don't know what you picked yet. I haven't looked at the list. Um, because I feel like. We would have been so much kinder to it after seeing this movie that next week we could watch anything. <laughs> I would be like, literally anything. Say bad. No. Say bad. <laughs> no. Literally anything. I mean, I'm just trying. I can't even think. Like, I mean, Grease Two gets a lot of shit, but even that movie's got its its fans. It's got its lovers. Nothing compared to this. That's the thing. no one. No one who likes musicals will ever defend this movie because it sucks. Everything about it sucks. Yeah. I'm trying to it think of the person who what would a musical this movie. is. What's that? I'm trying to think of the person that would defend this movie. You had to be like 11 when it came out to like this movie, I'm yes, guessing. Yes, absolutely. You're chugging Mountain Dew. Uh, I mean, I like Mountain Dew. Uh, you're chugging way too much Mountain Dew, and you are just an angry, angry child uh, who just, this movie spoke to you, you know? And probably your yeah. least favorite part of the movie is the end where they are nice to the old man. But then you laugh again because he has a seizure. Right. That's what they. Ha that's why they had to do it is because the only people this appeals to are just people who are just bad people. <laughs> <laughs> 
people who are just bad people. I'm really sorry. If you like this movie, I apologize. That was mean. If you like this movie, you have not watched it recently, and you are remembering a movie that doesn't exist. <laughs> oh, that God. is what that is. We've ripped- you remember a movie that doesn't exist. Paul, the good news is we've ripped off this Band-Aid, and we never have to talk about it again. We never have to watch it again. We can just act like it never existed. But the fact is, this podcast will forever and ever, and the record will show that we watched Eight Crazy Nights, and it was what it was. So, with all that being said, by the way, uh, this this movie is the same running time as The Nightmare Before Christmas. God. I'm just, like, thinking about how much is in The Nightmare Before Christmas. And how it flies by. Wow. This yeah. is... Hmm. All right. Let's stop. What a frozen uh, poopsicle this movie well, yeah, is. Let's, let's stop uh, stewing in this shit and uh, let you know that if you want to hear podcasts about movies that are much better than this one, you can find us uh, moviemusical dot, moviemusicalpod.com. We're available uh, to subscribe uh, on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts as well. You can find us there. You can find us on Twitter at moviemusicalpod. You can find me on Twitter at Cody Pasby. I'm at the Paul Ponte, also paulponte.com for all my podcast projects as well as photography and music. And uh, of course, you can find us on Facebook too. Uh, uh, by the way, I didn't even mention, did you at least listen to the new Hanukkah song in the end credits? I'm assuming that's a no. No. I could the second a credit came up, Cody, I could not wait <laughs> to turn this off. Are you kidding me? I listened to it because I like the Hanukkah song. The Hanukkah song is good. That's a good thing. Yeah. But, but do I feel like I need to revisit it? Uh, this no. version felt like the Eight Crazy Nights version because it had a lot more Rob Schneider. <laughs> and also, you could tell it was right after 9-11 because instead of O.J. Simpson, it's Osama Bin Laden. Anyway... <laughs> happy hanukkah to everybody celebrating uh and happy holidays uh and yeah we pray that there will be seth rogan come on let's do it let's make the classic hanukkah movie until next time i'm cody pasby i'm paul ponte and we will see you down the yellow brick road